0: Welcome, everybody, to the Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football and sports betting home over at fakepigskin.com. I am your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter, KRO. With me, once again, is Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's
1: going on, Kyle? I apologize about the, uh,
0: the strobe lighting going on
1: with my camera right now, as it kind of <laughs> seems that the lighting is not perfectly set
0: up yet, which hopefully it's- we'll
1: get that settled. It's really set up the uh,
0: mood, and I'm, I'm kind of here <laughs> for it. So. Uh, any, anything to lighten the mood in, in today's world. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go through. We'll talk all of the divisions. We'll talk our best bets um, and, and all that good stuff. So, Brian, without further ado, let's dive in. Let's talk some NFC West. And we'll start with those NFC champions, San Francisco 49ers, uh, over-unders at 10 and a half. Um, Right now, the under seems to be getting a little more action, minus 115. This is a team that won 13 games last year. Do we really expect them to fall off three, four, five games in order for them to hit that under?
1: Uh, You know, I mean, 10 wins is a really difficult number to kind of predict in the NFL, especially coming off of a season like they've had. And they really haven't done a whole lot in free agency. I mean, they lost Eric Armstead, but they haven't really done or they've re-signed Eric Armstead and they lost and to fourth Buckner, Buckner. Mm-hmm. but other than that they haven't done a whole lot as in terms of adding or any subtraction so I really don't see this team being any worse so yeah. you know double digit wins is probably pretty attainable however we're looking at a division now that's going to have four legit teams that we could see a, a division again where all four of these teams are going to have a chance of making the playoffs with the improvement of the Cardinals now sneaking up from behind.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that's where we're going to have to figure out where we are with this division, because in, in terms of talent, in terms of on the field, like the Niners are stacked. They're also going to have D Ford uh, DeFord and Quan Alexander, hopefully, for the whole entire year. Uh, more stability along the offensive line. Hopefully, Staley's there all year. Uh, hopefully, uh, Kyle Juszczyk is there, there all whole year. You know, they, we saw most are, you know, we'll see what they do with the running game. Um, but there's a lot of pieces that if all of them are healthy and they don't get plagued like they did last year, you feel a little bit better about the team. But then you think, you know, like we meant, like you mentioned, the rest of this division is crazy uh, stacked and we'll start with their rival up in Seattle looking uh, they're over under set at nine wins. The over is getting pounded because uh, apparently everyone loves Seattle and, and Russell hustle and bustle Wilson. Uh, nine is their total minus minus one thirty. Obviously these two teams played for the division last year, basically came down to the final couple weeks. The Niners ended up getting it that final uh, was a Thursday night or Sunday night game. Um, I think it was then, a, a Sunday night. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it basically put the Niners in the one seed seat and Seattle went to a wild card and helped propel San Francisco to the Super Bowl. But uh, for Seattle, obviously, we saw DK Metcalf but break out. Uh, you know, Chris Carson's a stud. We'll see what Rashad Penny happens. Uh, you know, they have some pieces you like. They also have some question marks on both sides of the ball. Uh, and it really comes down to what Russell Wilson could do. Um, are you as optimistic as the masters seem to be on on the Seahawks team
1: at the at the current number at 9 i am fully on board here you know i did a little research kind of leading into making my picks and just kind of looking into all these numbers and the Seahawks have gone eight straight seasons with nine or more victories and you know it, that's if that doesn't show like how good this team is coached i don't know what else will and if you look at they're like the masters at these Close games. They always seem to figure out a way to win these games at the end of the, you know, when the gun's going off and they have that, they have that X factor back there behind center and Russell Wilson, who just has the knack of making the plays when it's needed. Um, You know, it, it. when it comes to looking at teams and their potential win totals, I'm, I'm looking at teams that ha- really haven't lost too much or gained and with the coaching behind them and that star quarterback and Seattle fits the mold perfectly. And I don't see any reason why they're not going to contend for the top of the division or a wild card spot.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's my thing. And I'm, I'm looking um because like you mentioned, they were in a lot of one score games. Um, and I remember last year it, it, it came out of a ton of places. Uh, but basically if what they did is they took all the teams that had one score victories and turned those into losses and turned the losses in one score games into wins and to see kind of how things would reorganize and how records would shape out uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, were 11 and five last year. If you flip all their one score wins, they're four and 12. That's wild. And like, I'm with you in terms of Russell Wilson's awesome, and he he sure does a hell of a lot for this team. And they have pieces, but like I feel like from year to year, there's a lot of kind of regression to the mean in terms of you know um, one score wins, one score losses. My my, I guess my big thing is, and we'll have to go through the rest of it. Is if they we assume they if I'm assuming that they're falling back if I say they're seven and nine eight and eight um, and, and a little underwhelming after an eleven win season who's in this division taking it is is Arizona ready to make that leap their total is set at seven and a half people are hitting the over uh, it's at minus one twenty you know if we assume the Cardinals who won five games last year but you know, another year of Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is now in the fold. They have Kenny and Drake to hopefully be healthy for the whole season. Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, they they need offensive line help. They need a little bit of something on defense, but they will have plenty of picks. Kingsbury, another year with his system to kind of iron things out. Is there a possibility that, you know, we're looking at an 8-8, 7-9 Seahawks and maybe an 8-8, eight or nine and seven Arizona Cardinals.
1: I, I mean, it's definitely possible, but you know, with the with the Cardinals, like I see that offense as being one of those. Just they're going to be a juggernaut this year. However, they they're still going to have to kind of fix their red zone issues that they had last season. And you know, those are those are where the coaching is going to come into play. And with the absence of OTAs and all that stuff, and trying to get D Hop it implemented into the offense better and trying to get Kyler Murray a little more familiar with how they're going to run their red zone stuff. You know, they might run into some issues when it comes to trying to be more successful in those scoring opportunities instead of settling for field goals, which could hurt them in those close games against teams like the Seahawks and the 49ers in the division.
0: Yeah. And and I I go back and forth with the Cardinals. I feel like they're a team that'll be really fun for fantasy, a really tough team. That'll be really fun to play at in a Madden. But in terms of winning mm-hmm. games, in terms of, you know, t- it, but we saw last year with Baltimore where, you know, all of a sudden Lamar Jackson, it clicked and he was able to do what he needed to do in his first full season as a starter. Could Tyler yeah. be that guy this year?
1: I think, I think we could see Kyler Murray wind up being the number one fantasy quarterback on when it's all said and done. But mm-hmm. do we see the Cardinals defense being able to stop people at the same rate that Baltimore's was, which no. I mean, if you're asking that question, there's like no way possible that that's going to happen. So,
0: yeah. You know, yeah, it, and I, think that's, I think that's completely fair. Um, so the only team we haven't talked about in the West is those Los Angeles Rams. Um, the, uh, their over/under is set at nine. Minus one thirty-five is getting pounded uh, on the under. Um, the over is plus one fifteen. You know, we saw this team kind of come to fruition last year and kind of fall apart down the stretch. Uh, Jared Goff was exposed a little bit. Obviously, Todd Gurley is no longer with the team. He's out out of the picture. You know, they brought in Jalen Ramsey. So what does a full year of that do? Uh, You know, they still have Aaron Donald. They still have pieces on both sides of the ball that get you really excited. Um, This is a team that looked awesome when Cooper Cup was there. When he kind of went out of the picture, the offense seemed to step back a little bit. So maybe having him and Cooks and Woods uh, and the emergence of Tyler higby I mean, there is stuff to like about this team, I guess. It's just like if we're looking at the division as a whole, like they can't all either either all these teams are going to be around nine wins or there's a crappy one or probably two (laughs) in this bunch that we're we're not really, you know, kind of diving into. So I guess let's start here. If you had to pick a team to win the division and a team to kind of finish second, uh, where are you putting your chips?
1: Uh, I'm probably going to ride with the defending champs and go with the 49ers yeah. to repeat. Uh, I, I still think they are probably the best team from top to bottom on paper. Um, and I think another year with Garoppolo and Shanahan, I think they're, that's really going to pay They're They're going to have to add another wide receiver with Manuel Sanders leaving, but, um, I think they repeat. And then I think it's really going to be a battle between those other three teams. I mean, you know, I, I'm not trying to take the easy road out here, but I can really see a scenario where. San Francisco say goes 12 and four. And then the rest of the teams are all in that eight and eight, nine and seven range. And they're all battling for that last, you know, wild card spot.
0: Yeah. And that's why part of me is like under Seattle over on the Rams. Like there, the, the, some of the stuff that happened down the stretch for the Rams and all those one score games for Seattle, I could easily see that stuff flipping and, and kind of, you know, balancing out and, the Niners, I'm with you. I think they're I think they're the class of the this the division. I think they're the class of the NFC. I mean, in terms of roster from top to bottom, they're top three, top four. Oh, uh they're adding a top fifteen pick this year, another first rounder, uh, to kind of help set up some of the stuff that they lost, uh, when they lost to Forrest Buckner, but you know, hopefully help the back end, maybe add a playmaker, like you mentioned, with Emmanuel Sanders no longer in the picture. Um And, you know, another year of Garoppolo. But, yeah, he Garoppolo's interception problem became a thing. And it's a little worrisome if you're picking this team to kind of go the distance. But if you're talking about a team that you really need them to win 11 – like 11 and 5 gets you there, 12 and 4 gets you there. Um, I don't – you know, I feel like that's very much in the realm of outcomes. Um, And I just – you know, Seattle, like, I want to –
1: I am admittedly a huge
0: Pete Carroll hater. Let's just—I'll get that out of the way here. Like, I—is it—is it the chewing gum or the clapping or like the pom poms? Like, what? What? Is this <laughs> no, like the overall it's, obnoxiousness? It's growing up in Southern California
1: and just having to listen to all of the USC bandwagon fans in San Diego talk mad crap during all those national championship runs, and then which all ended with an abrupt halt when Vince young found the corner and ended oh. USC's hopes of, of continuing their dynasty. But like it, yeah. it, it all started back then. I just, I just not a fan of Carol <laughs> or the way he runs the Seahawks. They're a successful team. You can't hate on great on greatness, but I just don't like, like him personally.
0: Right with you there. Um, <laughs> and so maybe that's delving into my Seattle a little bit, but yeah, I just, like, I don't know. I feel like the Rams are going to come in with everyone being like, well, Todd Gurley's not there and they fell apart last year and they aren't making roster. They are missing some important pieces, but like, I feel like it, with that passing game, I feel, feel like Sean McVay's a really good coach. Um, and I feel like this is a team. I feel like, like, I feel like the Rams go nine, nine and seven at worst 10 and six, unless things just like fall apart and they're like six and 10 and they're looking for a new quarterback going into next year and, that's and like you mentioned, there's there's a lot of yeah. realms of outcomes in this division. So in, in terms of me throwing down my hard-earned cash, it's probably not going to be here, uh, unless you know, in the, uh, unless we're talking about the Niners because that's the only team I feel really good about and, and feel like there's there's uh, you know a lot of pieces, everything's in place for that to to that to happen. So yeah, they're uh, they're easily the most The most solid team in the division. Mm -hmm. Let's head to the NFC South. There's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on here. (laughs) Uh, As as we already mentioned, uh, Todd Gurley is now an Atlanta Falcon. Their win total is set at seven and a half, and people are taking over. Um, It's funny because they released those horrific jerseys today. Um and I and what I was looking at the their their win total it was at eight I think they list I think they knocked him down a half a win just from the, <laughs> coming out those, the things replacement are, jerseys? those things are yeah. god-awful and but yeah people like the over uh this is a team that seven games last year uh, a lot went wrong for this team obviously coming off that uh, melt, meltdown in the Super Bowl. There's still a lot to like there, but injuries were really, you know, derailing this team. Every time they turned around, um, Gurley replacing Devonta Freeman—that's a wash at best. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 hard to read what to make of this team. I feel like the Super Bowl year was kind of the the culmination of what this roster could be. And now it's kind of coming back to reality a little bit, um, and they're—I feel like they're like an eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven team that I'm not sure I love pounding the over, and um, I just—I I don't know if I want to bet on them going six and ten, seven
1: and nine. Yeah, I, as far as the Falcons go, I—I I love their offense for fantasy. Um, you know they have so many dynamic weapons, and then you add Gurley, who's probably going to be a touchdown monster. But as far as like a overall wins, you know, I mean, they lost Desmond Trufant on the outside. What have they added? I mean, they have Dion Jones, who's really good. Mm-hmm. And they then lost, uh, they
0: lost Vic Beasley. They lost um, obviously they lost Austin Hooper, placed in with Hayden Hurst. Uh, they got Dante Fowler to replace Vic Beasley. Um, you know, they they they're trying to help their team. And obviously, once again, offensive line and, and you know, patchwork on the defense is going to be a key for going into the NFL draft. Uh, and this they're going to another- find it
1: – yeah, they're, I mean, and 2 let's not forget about the addition that Tampa Bay just made, getting who could be probably the most efficient quarterback we've ever seen play the position, which yeah. makes Tampa Bay an even bigger threat now in the division. So that's not even uh, – I mean, going in the last couple of years, Atlanta could probably pencil in a win at home against Tampa, which you can't do that necessarily now. Yeah, uh, we'll talk
0: We'll talk about those buccaneers and the their new quarterback because uh, I think there's a lot to a lot to dive into there for sure. Um, but this is a team like I feel like Arizona, where we talked about you know in terms of Madden in terms of fantasy, like it's a fun team to talk about but like in terms of getting actual wins on the field, I'm not sure I'm seeing them.
1: Yeah, no, I, I see Atlanta playing in a lot of high scoring games, but not being able to stop very many people. And they're going to be racking up those
0: losses rather quickly. Yeah. So let's run through the rest of the division. Uh, The Carolina Panthers uh, five and a half is their win total. Um, I I have a feeling we'll be discussing this team further uh, towards the end of the show. So make sure you stick around for that. But, um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is their new starter that they, they're not doing the Kyle Allen and Will Greer and injured Cam Newton. And they brought in Matt rule. They brought in Joe Brady. Um, the under is getting hit pretty hard here. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know what I'm missing here. Like, obviously, you know, they traded, um, uh, they traded, Trey, Trey Turner, I believe. Turner. For, yeah. For, uh, for uh, Russell Okung, like uh, you know, Chargers fans are doing dances all over the field because of the <laughs> yeah. trade. But I still, think he's fine. Like they, their offensive line is a little bit better. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater. If, if him and Joe Brady and Matt Rule can kind of figure it out, they got Robbie Anderson to go with Curtis Samuel to go with DJ Moore. Um, you know, they're fixing the defensive side of the ball now you add a little more in free agency and then the draft uh i think this is going to be one of my best bets come the end of the show
1: ooh man yeah i just the panthers terrify me like i i like what i like the direction that they're going in with adding bridgewater adding another speedy wide receiver on the outside they seem to be going younger on the defensive side of the ball but i mean they're losing a consensus all pro Luke Keekly, he retired. That's they they, they let James Bradbury walk. He signed in New York. Um, you know, th- they've lost pretty much their entire defensive line. Don Terry Poe signed in Dallas. You know, it. I think we're going to see the defense that they kind of showed over the last second half of the season last year, where they were giving up, you know, 35, 38 points per game more often than not in the 2020 year. And, no offense to Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think he's the kind of quarterback that's going to lead his team in you know, five six touchdown games on a consistent basis, even with Christian McCaffrey back there.
0: So you're saying I should be terrified of taking the Panthers over? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like value. Don't get me wrong. We've talked about this before. If you're looking for a value bet, I mean, because th- th- this division, again, is another one. Like, even with the addition of Brady, who knows what we're going to get out of Tampa's defense. And then Atlanta, you know how they are. Um Carolina could possibly sneak in a couple, you know, a couple wins, but it's going to be difficult for
0: them this year. I was looking at their schedule. They get the end the AFC West. So that means they get the Broncos, a team they could win, uh, which is at home. They get Arizona at home. They get the Raiders at home. They get the lions at home. They get the bears. Okay. At I'll home. give
1: them the lions. I'll give them the lions. But
0: okay. I mean, like, they get the, they, they go to the Chargers, So like, Obviously it's not like, you know, I'm not, I just need them to go six and 10. Like that's all I'm, that's all I'm asking for. Um, and I, and I win my bet. So that's kind of where my head is at, but we can talk more about that as the, um, as the show rolls along, let's talk about the rest of this division. Uh, let's talk about the new Orleans saints. The 10 is their win total. Uh, over minus 140. So this is getting pounded. By the way, we're using Bet BetOnline uh, for all these numbers. So if you want to follow along, go to BetOnline.ag or uh, I don't know, whatever those – just search Bet Online. Yeah, you'll find it. Uh, this is a team that won 13 games a year ago. This is a team that had an over-under of 10 last year. Uh, are we just pounding the over again with New Orleans?
1: I, you know, as – We've we've talked about this so many times. Like we're we're not betters when it comes to like values like this. Like you're almost having to bet two to one to kind of win anything. So honestly, I would probably wait till it goes up to that ten and a half or eleven mark to place my bet. When you're getting minus one ten, but they're they're in a very similar situation as San Francisco right now. Um, I feel like they're clearly the class of the division. Reaching ten wins for them should be, you know, pretty much chalk. Now, when when talking about the Saints and the run they've been on the last couple of years, now they do have a pretty difficult difficult schedule. I mean, they're playing mm-hmm. the same teams. They're playing the AFC West and the NFC North, so they get that vaunted matchup with Minnesota, who you know they have some terrible uh, experiences with them. So, who knows how that's going to go? We get to see them play Green Bay,
0: Chicago. Yeah. I think is going to be a good team this year. So, yeah, we'll get know. to talk about the the NFC North because I think there's a lot to be excited about there, but. You know, if we have questions about where Carolina is, if we have questions about what the Falcons may be, uh, we'll talk Tampa Bay here in a second. Um, but that, I mean, that's say that's four or five wins. I, you're almost, you're almost. Say you, you know, you sweep Atlanta, you sweep Carolina, you get one or two against Tampa. You're already halfway home. Like, at, at what point would you consider betting the under uh, when talking New Orleans? Is it ten and a half? Is it eleven? Is it eleven and a half? Like how high do I have to say, here's the total for you to go, okay, at that point, everybody wants the over. I'm going to take the under.
1: I think when it reaches that 11 mark, I'd probably go with the odds of betting the under there just because they do have a, you know, a decently difficult schedule having to play the Northern division and the, uh, the West out, out in the AFC who Mm -hmm. no matter what you say about those Broncos, I do think they are going to be a legit, Difficult matchup for this upcoming season. So, and then even the Raiders, like who who knows what we're going to see if you have to go play in Las Vegas. Um, I
0: can't. I can't wait till the twenty twenty one show where we talk about the win totals. <laughs> and like, remember how much you love the Broncos, and I told you, like, <laughs> I did that whole song and dance the year before, and you're like, "No, nah, I still do it." Uh, and <laughs> and how well that went when they went like three and thirteen because they gave Melvin Gordon like forty touches a game. Um, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> I, will, I will openly eat crow and just take in all of the hatred. If, if, if some Broncos fans are betting me over right now and they just completely fall flat on their face. Don't
0: uh, worry. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like you said, we, we talked about them. I think there is stuff you brought up that is interesting, but I, I went down that road last year and it, <laughs> it, it was not, it was not the best. So uh, let's talk about the Buccaneers. Obviously the quarterback, Jameis is out. Tom Brady is in. And the whole Jameis interview where he's talking about like he feels like he's like something else because, you know, I was replaced by Tom Brady. That's how much they thought of me. Like, I don't I don't know what's what's I I don't know what Jameis is doing too many trips to the Publix or or what. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about those bucks, though, because Tom Brady is now there. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Pieces to like, but offensive line woes, the defense has parts, but can they put it all together? Is this really a team where he's just going to step in and they're going to win 10 games, they're going to win 11 games? I mean, this the, the over-under is set at 9, uh, and <sighs> the over is minus 130. This is a team that won seven games. last oh. year, And we talked about, like, with, with the whole Jameis Winston stuff during free agency is, you know, Jameis throwing 30 picks might have cost them two, three, maybe four wins. And if you're looking at a team that's coming in with a low schedule because of the crappy record, they you look at the the safety and the versatility of Tom Brady. The question is just like, does he still have enough to be good enough to to get them to double digit wins? And I'm not so sure they are.
1: Yeah, I'm... Lockstep with you on that. Uh, I see them being a nine and seven, eight and eight team over the you know for the first year with Tom Brady. There's just too many kind of deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball, and there's just too many things to fix on the offensive line. Are they going to have a running game? Are are we going to rely on Rojo, who you and I both love fantasy terms, and we'd love to see him kind of be unleashed? But mm-hmm. you know, for, for for everything that Tom Brady is and how efficient he is, and how much different than Jameis Winston. Um, you know this is a a difficult division no matter what we think about Carolina or Atlanta it's hard to go to Carolina and win games or it's hard to go down to Georgia and beat Atlanta down there Um, Mm -hmm. it especially him again going back to what's going on right now the same thing that's happening with Arizona and Kyler Murray how is Tom Brady gonna gonna get familiar with his pieces if they can't practice Mm -hmm. so you know we're gonna see that kind of stuff affect wins over the over the fall in the winter time when some season finally starts whenever it starts
0: yeah yeah i'm i'm 100 percent with you it'll be interesting to see um uh, if there is some short in season or if there's even like a, a season without fans in the stadium like how if that affects win totals if they do anything with that um or if like especially if it's a shortened season like if they just you know basically cancel all the bets and put up new numbers uh, you know we'll see how that goes but um this team did sign Blaine Gabbert as their backup quarterback. <laughs> Ryan, if I sit the over under at 0. 0.5, how many Blaine Gabbert starts do we get in 2020?
1: Oh man, I'm going to go under.
0: I feel like I'm right there with you. But like, if we see Blaine Gabbert like trotting onto the field and Brady like oh. hobbling off, like I I guess it's something I could picture. Something that like doesn't seem that out of place.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, if we're talking about a forty-two, soon to be forty-three-year-old quarterback, who, I mean, he's taking his fair share of hits, and he's going to a team that has a turnstile at offensive line at, compared to what he had in New England. Yeah, so I'm there is be, a I'm,
0: distinct possibility. I'm going to be really curious to see what he does and like what that offense looks like, and you know, if, if he's still able to run and chuck and do the things he needs to do to to avoid those massive hits because one big hit from a defensive tackle and Tommy boy is going to be sitting on the bench for a <laughs> while. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's talk some NFC East and we'll start with your boys. The Dallas Cowboys uh, nine and a half is their total over is plus one Oh five under is minus minus one nine wins last year or eight wins last year. Uh, the clapper is out. Uh, oh, McCarthy, the Lord. McCarthyism is in. Um, is that enough to get this team to ten wins?
1: Well, it sure as hell better be, because why else make a change? I mean, yeah. you were like perfectly average with Jason Garrett going eight and eight, nine and seven every year. With the addition of McCarthy, if they if they don't reach the double digit win total, um, you know it's going to be a pretty big disappointment with the talent that they kind of trot out there every week with re-signing all those offensive weapons they got Mm -hmm. you know we'll see what they do in the draft here if they can solidify the back end a little bit more after the loss of byron jones the other teams in the division are not looking the greatest i mean philly's going to be an issue but we all know who the g-men and the redskins are they're not really going to be doing much this year so yeah you know I, i do think i would i would probably lean the over with the cowboys at at 10 or so but it as a Cowboys fan, I normally have some pessimistic uh, outlooks.
0: Yeah. I mean, Byron Jones is out, but Hawk, Clinton Dix, uh, Gerald McCoy, Dontari Poe, uh, Alden Smith is back for some reason. Let's we'll see if he even plays it down. It's um, embarrassing, by the way. It's interesting. Um, they're So, you know, they're addressing issues on the defensive side, obviously bringing back Amari, bringing back Blake Jarwin. Um, adding De Looney to replace uh, Travis Frederick is um, probably something that needed to be done. I, I'm curious to see how that impacts the offensive line. Another thing that, you know, we were talking about, you know, potentially a modified preseason, a modified training camp, you know, getting the offensive line to where it needs to be. I'm really curious to see kind of how that comes to fruition uh, but as you mentioned, in a division with Washington, with New York, and even Philadelphia, uh, kind of like the Cowboys, like, kind of a lot. And I like, I, I think 10 wins is on the table. I think 12 wins is on the table. Like, this is a Whoa. team that should have won double-digit games last year, a team that was probably one of the three or four best teams in the NFC, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, I think this is a just removing the clapper, I think that's enough to get you to the two, two more wins and, and get you where you need to be.
1: I mean, I uh, sure hope so. Cause they've, they've been a Madden champion over the last like decade or so, which does not help on the field.
0: So uh, if we're looking at Dallas, we're also looking at another nine and a half win team in this division. And that's the, that is that aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles. And it is it, interesting because if you look at kind of where the money's coming in uh, the over, on Philly and the under on Dallas is where kind of the money, where the money's trickling in. This, this is a division that seems to kind of go back and forth between those two teams. Obviously the Eagles are a team that played without Carson Wentz and was kind of part of why they weren't able to get where they needed to get last year. They had no receivers. I mean, it's <laughs> basically Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard and you know, the corpse of Alshon Jeffrey Uh they won nine games last year. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm missing something here because I don't see the – I don't see why everyone's so excited about Philadelphia. Is it just the, the the assumption that we get a full season out of Carson Wentz finally and it, it all comes together for a team that has parts at different levels that, that make you excited?
1: I think it's definitely kind of basing it on the fact that Carson Wentz would stay healthy for the full 16 games. And if they're going to go out and make some more additions on the defensive side of the ball, um, preferably at cornerback where
0: they missed out on Byron Jones. I mean, they got Darius Slay. We got Darius Slay. Huge addition. Yes, Massive, massive addition. They added Jalen Mills. They added Will Parks. um, You know, the, they added Rodney McLeod like this the secondary for this team was god-awful and I think playing Washington and playing the Giants twice a year makes it a lot easier to kind of rationalize that shitty defense that shitty secondary <laughs> but you know Dallas I think is going to throw it a little bit even more with McCarthy I think there's a you know they had to address it they had to fix that um, I'm curious to see how their offensive line works if they can able to can I keep that where it needs to be? Um, but, like, if I'm going to the window, like, I, I like the idea of taking the Eagles under a parlayed with the Cowboys over and just fading all these fools and seeing where I come out. Because I feel like that could be a really nice payday for a minimal investment. I'm getting positive numbers both ways. Let's go, baby. The big that, uh, for the NFC.
1: Yeah, you you go for it. I, I will not touch any Cowboys wager with uh, – a million foot stick um, you know it, the Eagles are all, are kind of another one of those teams where they seem to play a lot of close games they're always hovering around that 500 mark even when they have bad teams mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of turn it around with those additions on the backside of the defense and if they can add somebody on the outside to catch passes
0: you know as I mentioned uh, with earlier we were talking about the Seahawks I'm looking at those Basically, if you reverse their 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 records in in one win game or one one score games, your your mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys would have been thirteen and three last year, uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles would actually have been ten and six. So they were they won when they won, they lost when they lost. So last year they were kind of doing what you expected them to do. They only gained one win, but that shows you my kind of optimism. Like I don't think they go thirteen and three, but if they flip half of those games around, all of a sudden you're 11 and five and that's over that's cashing. So, um, and you know, let's talk, we can throw the giants and, and Washington into a pot. Cause I mean, both the, the, the giants they're, they're over under is set at six and a half, uh, even money, both ways. Washington's over under is five and a half, a little more money on the over, which I think is interesting. Uh, Ron Rivera, obviously, coming in to hopefully work his magic. We'll see what Dwayne Haskins is is in year two. Uh, I guess if you have to be optimistic about one of these teams, maybe getting to seven and nine or eight and eight, are you going giants or are you going Washington? Probably going to
1: lean with the Redskins just because I think their defense is kind of, you know, a level ahead of what the giants have on the field. And we know with Ron Rivera, they're, they're going to try to run the ball, which, you know, kind of keeping games close is how the bad teams sneak, sneak out victories against better teams. Whereas the giants, their offense is, you know, we have no idea what the hell they're doing with Saquon Barkley. Uh, they really don't have anybody on the outside to catch passes. They're signing yeah. all these giant tight ends, Lloyd um, Eric Tomlinson. I mean, unless they're running a two tight ends set and just pounding the rock, um, yeah, I, my confidence goes more towards Ron Rivera and the Redskins in the direction that they're going to kind of get that over 6-7 win mark.
0: Yeah, uh the one thing I will say is the Giants like they they kept Leonard Williams, they brought in Blake Martinez, they brought in James Bradbury. Like those are all nice pieces at, you know, each level that needed it. Um the offense, you know, it needs pass catchers like like no other but Daniel Jones, I think, showed enough even when people questioned him so much. Um, and in a healthy Saquon Barkley, like there's, uh, the, both teams have stuff that you could get excited about. And it's like if you combine them, you have a you have a ten win team. Um, <laughs> but, but separately, there's just there's just too much to be desired. Uh, I think if I'm going with one team on the over, I, I like the Giants over Washington. But I think two years, like not next year, but the year after the Washington could be really good with Rivera kind of getting his pieces in place and, you know, three years. And if not, if Haskins doesn't work out, they got Kyle Allen in there. So that could be their savior. <laughs> yeah. Just like we thought he was the Panther savior last year. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to still, I'm going to still hold tight on that one. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk the NFC North. Cause I think this is where a lot of interesting um, potential is. And I'm just going to run through all the teams and, and you let me know where you where you're kind of where your head's at with this division. So the Bears, eight and a half is their total. Uh the over is plus money at a hundred. Uh the under is minus one twenty. Obviously, bringing Nick Foles to quote unquote compete with uh with uh, Trubisky. It sounds like by week one it'll be Foles' job. Assuming <laughs> for sure. Assuming training camp and all that stuff, and he can kind of get where he needs to get. Um the Lions are six and a half, a healthy Matthew Stafford you know they they have some pieces obviously losing uh um the cornerback we just talked about Slay. the play isn't great um this is a team that could be really bad three or four win again this is also a team that could all of a sudden be 500 who knows um the over is plus 105 the under is minus 125 the packers are nine and a half uh minus 110 each way feels very green day feels you know, probably a half a win too high, but because they get so much public money, um, you know, they, that's kind of where they are. Obviously, this is a team that won 13 games last year, so for them to, to fall off four or five games would be quite the quite something. But it was also a team that seemed to do a little smoke and mirrors last year um, and, and find, find their way to a, a big run in the NFC. Um, and then there's Minnesota. They're over under set at nine. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is now in Buffalo. Uh, we'll be curious to see what the impact of that is. They still have Dalvin Cook. They still have Alexander Madison's team that can run the ball, Uh, a team that definitely needs pass-catching help, uh, much like a few of the teams we talked about. They won 10 games last year despite some of their issues, still made the playoffs. Uh, The under is minus 120. The over is plus 100. So if we throw out Green Bay and we're just talking Bears, Lions, and Vikings, all of them have plus money on the over if you had to pick one to be your, your favorite out of this trio, where are you going?
1: Oh, man. If, if Chicago makes the commitment to go with Nick Foles, I'm probably going to go with the bears, just knowing his familiarity with the Nagy offense. They already have kind of their offensive scheme set up with being one, run the ball. He's got some nice weapons on the outside. Uh, I really think that Nick Foles could make a difference for, for the bears limiting his turnovers going into
0: we, 2020. We saw, we saw this team like two years ago look good. And it's, you know, the, the, a lot of their roster was kind of the same, um, you know, not a lot, not a lot changed. Um, but the Mitchell Trubisky factor just became too much to overcome last year. <laughs> the question is, can they overcome it this year? Are they able to go to Nick Foles and not have that be an issue? Um, you know, but the Bears have a lot to like. They have pieces on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Khalil Max, an absolute stud. Um, you know, David Montgomery, another year. Allen Robinson. Um, they still got Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Like, there, there's little unique things it will be interesting to see. Uh, Matt Nagy is kind of in an interesting spot where if the Bears look good and kind of rebound from the what was last year, I could see him being in the uh, their coach for a long time but I could also see things going really South and then him kind of being on the outs and end up as an OC or something next year in somewhere else. And all of a sudden refinding his game. Um, But yeah, so like I think the bears winning nine or 10 games is very much in the realm of outcomes, despite kind of where the money's coming in Detroit, you know, as we mentioned they're they're a real wild card. If I had to bet them, I would probably go under the Vikings are interesting to me. Um, but we i i don't know is this is this, a, is this basically the a, the NFC's version of the AFC South where we're going to have three teams go nine you know between 7 and 9 and 9 and 7
1: yeah i i definitely see the vikings just kind of they haven't they haven't like been able to perform at the level that we kind of expected them to they since that year when they made the NFC championship game they've kind of just increasingly getting worse over the few over the years i mean they're losing everson griffin who's a huge disruption on the uh on the defensive line yeah. Stefan Diggs is gone i mean how good is adam Thielen going to be when teams are solely focused on him how good is Kirk cousins i mean we're really nobody gonna have knows. to see that
0: nobody knows we'll, i don't think <laughs> like, we'll ever know
1: he, yeah we we have no idea what he's doing um i think i think the team that's kind of on like the path of like forgiveness and the the coach that could turn it around is Matt Patricia in Detroit. Like I know they, they've kind of lost a lot of pieces. He's had a lot of familiar faces from new England. Uh, he's bringing in Jamie Collins, bringing in Shelton. He's bringing in all these kind of veteran guys to kind of implement the, the same style that he had in new England. And we're seeing like Brian Flores doing a similar thing in Miami. Um, you know, I, I like the lions with the way they're going and speaking of the lions, we had a question here on a comment from uh, Nate asking if the lions are gonna if we see them trading down twice, if they're gonna avoid the quarterback to kind of let teams kind of jump up on there. Um, you know i i don't I don't really see Detroit going quarterback here at their spot. I yeah, I, I don't.
0: I think I think I they're think, gonna miss out. I think they're definitely a trade candidate once. I don't know if I can see them going down twice. Uh, but I do feel like they're in a great spot where that someone's going to want to come up, and, and if that ends up giving them a couple players that they're able to implement this year, they're able to you know clean up the offensive line a little bit, maybe add a playmaker, maybe add some help on the defense, maybe replace Darius Slay on the back end. You know, you add a couple guys, you add a Grant Delpit, you add you know uh, one of the offensive tackles. All of a sudden that trade is looking great. Plus you maybe get a future pick depending just because there's so many, there's teams like the chargers teams, like the dolphins that are going to want to come up. And if, um, and if they're able to kind of pit them against each other and kind of get a little extra juice out of the orange um, they could, they could have a nice, a nice payday that helps, you know, kind of propel them two or three seasons. And then all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, Detroit, seven and nine feels like a great number um, and potentially even eight and eight in a division where, you know, we could, like we said, we see, we can see the bears falling apart. We don't know what to do with the Vikings uh, after the, you know, their, uh, the team players are losing. We, we, we like green Bay, but this is a team that won a lot of, a lot of games that, you know, their, their schedule kind of broke the right way and everything kind of worked out and they were Aaron Jones turned into a freaking phenomenon at the end of the year. You know, it, I could, you know, I, I don't think that's out of the question of, of the, of the Lions kind of stepping forward, but um as for, yeah, as for draft day, I think they're, I think they're one of the big teams that that could potentially trade unless somebody, unless somebody goes up to where Washington is and chase young falls in their lap, then obviously they're not going anywhere. But uh if young goes, if young goes to, uh, or even if, uh yeah. I, I think if Chase Young falls to them, there's there's no way they, they, they pass there. But other unless he but if he's on, I could see them actually making a trade.
1: Yeah, I I could even see them making two trades just because I mean we're gonna see Burrow go number one. We're gonna see Tua likely in that three three to five range, and then whoever that first team is that really wants Justin Herbert, and then mm-hmm. you know, we the the forgotten man at the quarterback position is uh Jordan Love. I mean yeah. Going into the at, towards the end of the college football season, we had a lot of scouts saying that he was potentially the most talented guy coming out with a lot yeah. of Patrick Mahomes like skill set. Um, so, if they can kind of build up and get like a plethora of picks or like some key players that kind of plug in for this year, looking more towards next year, I do. I think that's a that that's probably their best move for yeah. this for this or even if
0: somehow they're able to finagle out of that one pit out of the three and go back a little bit and still get Herbert or Jordan Love and then you have a future for replacement for Stafford and you got other pieces I mean that that seems like a win-win move right there especially because like you mentioned Jordan Love is getting buzz I've heard uh that he's like the second best quarterback on this in this class I've heard people say that like is actually the fourth, and like this Whoa. the quarterbacks could be all, you know, wonky come come draft day. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Lions are gonna be one of those teams, if they play their cards right, uh, could could have a lot of fun and, and and make some serious moves. Uh okay, so Brian, let's talk about your best bets. Um, we have three. I'm going to let you run through them and then I'll jump into mine. So, shall we talk about those Detroit Lions?
1: Yes, even though I just talked about how much I love what they're doing, how I, I do think Matt Patricia is the right guy for the job. I've always been kind of a Matt Stafford supporter. Um, you know, I I think with the departures on the offensive line, I know they've added a few pieces. They're going to find it even more difficult to run the ball. I mean, they've already shown that they're one of the worst teams running the ball. They're still going to run into tough defense in Minnesota even minus some of their key pieces. Chicago beefed up their D-line and their linebacking crew resigning Danny Trevathan and Green Bay is going to continue to add pieces to their defense. So I could see them potentially getting swept in the division and that's 6 losses right there and then they would need to, you know, they would need to go pretty much almost undefeated in their non non-divisional games in order to kind of even creep near that number so
0: yeah, i like them under this season yeah and it's at minus 120 and i think for good reason like, like we both mentioned there's a lot to like about what their future could be uh but that's the future that's not this year and that's assuming they make some trades and and we'll see and this is also a team that if stafford's like yeah my back's just not there and they draft jordan Love, or they draft to or they draft herbert um, and they go, that's our quarterback of the now instead of the future. Um, this could be a really another ugly season where they win three or four games. And all of a sudden, you know, they're looking at, uh, you know, kind of a rebuild on the fly. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Let's talk about your next best bet. And that's up in New York. Let's talk about those Giants under mm-hmm. six and a half.
1: This to me is just kind of based on, I mean, they, they're going to lose two two to Dallas as mm-hmm. they should lose two to Dallas. I Good do ability. think Philadelphia improved enough. They're going to beat them twice. And they're more than likely going to, at best, split with Washington because no matter how bad Washington winds up being on offense, I do think their defense is going to continue to improve under Ron Rivera. So, again, this is another team looking at potentially one win in division. And then they would have to, you know, win six games out of the division. And, you know, it, even with the addition of James Bradbury, I don't think their defense is is there yet. Their offense, they don't have enough pieces for Jones yet. Teams are going to stifle the run once again, and they're going to find it difficult to get wins, even though they will put points on the board.
0: Yeah. No, and I think this could be a fun team like Arizona where their offense looks good, but their record isn't very good. There's questions on the O-line. There's questions on the defense. I, they did get some help, but we'll we'll see how impactful that can be in year one. Uh, your final best bet is the... Carolina Panthers under f- uh, five and a half minus 120. Uh, I love Teddy Gloves,
1: but they're going to have a really tough season. <laughs> losing all pro linebacker Luke Keekley, losing the aforementioned James Bradbury, losing Don Terry Poe, um, losing Mario Addison. They've basically turned over their entire defense and handed the keys. Two Teddy Bridgewater with two dynamic wide receivers and added Robbie Anderson, who, unless we're running all streaks in Madden, um, I don't see them being able to move the ball on a consistent basis other than implementing the same game play they had last year, which was give Christian McCaffrey 30 to 40 touches a game. And in that division amongst three good teams with really good veteran quarterbacks, they're going to have
0: a tough year in Carolina. Well, Brian, this is where I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you. I am taking the over on Carolina. Ugh. I am going with Teddy Two Gloves. I'm going with Joe Brady. I'm going with Matt Rule. Uh, I know the defense got a lot of lot of there's a lot of overturn in the defense, but I think it's for a reason. I think there was aging. I think there was injuries. I think there was inconsistent play. I know they lost some pieces. Luke Kuechly is going to be a tremendous blow, but if they're able to put the parts in place and go six and ten, I'm hitting the over at plus money. I I will take that shot every single day. Uh, I, I'm and, and by doing this, I'm fading Tampa. I'm fading Atlanta. I think New Orleans is going to be really good, but like if Tampa seven and nine and the Falcons are six and ten. Carolina can get to six and ten. Like I, I think that's very much in the cards.
1: I, you know, one thing I forgot to mention about picking them with the under is the fact that they're playing the NFC North, who is probably mm-hmm. going to boast three to three of the top like ten defenses in the NFC yeah, potentially. Or so.
0: or the or the Bears suck, the Vikings take a step <laughs> back and Detroit's a train wreck, And then maybe I, they get two wins there. Who knows? Who knows? But if you get I if just if don't get, see it happening. And that's fair. And that's why it'll be fun to go head to head. And uh, we'll have to revisit this as the season goes along when they start the year. Like I and nine, I'll be like, well, I guess uh, I guess I'll, I'll take the L. Um, but, you know, right now I feel good. <laughs> uh, my next pick and, and we'll see how you feel about this one. Those Dallas Cowboys, I'm taking the over and I, I don't like. So I, all my three bets are are all overs and I don't like doing that. Typically going over is a bad strategy just because it's just, it's just like more often than not the under is the play. And I like to bet unders, but. Well, we one, see who three, the optimist is here. The three that stood out to me are, are, are all overs. I'm I'm going full optimism and I'm going back in your Dallas Cowboys McCarthy. I just give me 10 wins. Give me two against Washington. Give me two against the giants split Philadelphia. We're halfway home. Uh, just find me five other ones somewhere. I feel like 10, 11. I mean, like I mentioned, this team should have went 12, 13 games last year and the clapper got in the way. So give me, give me your Dallas Cowboys. And for my final pick, the San Francisco 49ers oh. over ten and a half. Um, we talked about that division. I just, I, I, I have a hard time seeing a team that talented that well coached, just completely fall off, and you know losing three, four, five games, that just feels that feels aggressive. You know, obviously lost a little bit on the defense uh, in, in losing to Forrest Buckner, but you they were able to add uh, you know a full hopefully healthy year of Quan Alexander, hopefully a full healthy year of D Ford. They got that mid round like 13th overall pick, turned that into a stud receiver, put Jerry Judy or C D Lamb on that team. Uh, use that final first rounder, or, you know, you know, they could do a lot to solidify this year and going forward. And in a division where Arizona is interesting, the Rams could be falling off. Seattle will see. um, I feel like 11, 12 wins is, is what they, where they should end up and and with the over. So uh, those are my three best bets. Okay. With those, with
1: those last two, even though Dallas is only set at nine and a half with plus money, who do you see having the better overall record between,
0: between Dallas and Niners the Niners or the Cowboys, the Niners, I think, I think the Niners go 12 and four. I think the Cowboys go 11 and five.
1: That's fair. And as far as the Cowboys go again on paper, they should win double digit games. It's, mm-hmm. it's just I a matter just of whether or not they McGar- can put it together.
0: Getting Garrett out of the way and bringing in McCarthy, I think is going to do just enough. Uh, to to flip over a couple games, and if they can do that, uh, I don't know. I I I, I don't see it going. I don't see it going poorly. And you know, and then we'll have
1: they're... our hearts ripped out in the divisional round at home to the Giants, led by Daniel Jones.
0: Did, <laughs> did do we know if Dez caught it? That's the question.
1: Oh, don't start
0: with that. <laughs> it was clearly uh... a catch. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. We are here every single Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be talking college football totals in the coming weeks. We'll be talking draft, pre and post. Uh, we'll talk season, uh, training camp, <laughs> potentially. We'll see. Um, who knows? But uh, if you are enjoying, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are Leaving questions in the comments, we're happy to uh, address them in future shows. Uh, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at NotoriousKRO. He's at Brian's at GreasyRules14. Uh, you can follow the show at FPAOP. Hit us up with questions. We're always down to talk. Uh, if you have Dynasty drafts coming up, if you have you know Dynasty trades you're trying to figure out, if you have league settings you want our input on, like whatever, bring it bring it to our doorstep. We're happy to chat. We're happy to talk about it. Um, and let us know what you think of the content. We're, we're trying to we're trying to keep it live and keep it fresh during uh, during quarantine season. And and uh, you know, thank thankfully for these win totals and for free agency and for the draft and um, you know all this stuff to to keep us busy. Otherwise, Brian, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself.
1: I would be completely lost. I've m- most recently began watching the uh, James Bond series over again, starting with Doctor No.
0: So. Oh. That's
1: how, that's how lost I am without sports. That's
0: that's amazing. Uh, best James Bond ever is.
1: Oh man, I I really like Goldfinger. Uh,
0: that's that's uh. Oh, I like the movie. To to me, it's Sean Connery. Sean Connery, yeah, yeah, yeah. without question. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I David, will say
1: Daniel Craig. I do really yeah. enjoy his yeah. take. He's I think rubby. I think
0: I think he's number two. I'm curious to see who the the next James Bond is, but maybe we can maybe we can have a, a show when we run out of content talking about all the James <laughs> Bond movies and, and rank our favorites and talk about that. But uh, for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, and uh, we'll see you guys next Wednesday.
1: Peace, peace.